It may or may not at some point be some kind of Jeopardy question, so perhaps we'll see if we have any uh, biblical historical scholars here. But does anyone know how the prophet Jeremiah was killed? Do you know how they killed him? Any ideas? It's not the usual way. They didn't crucify him or anything. Well, from what we understand, either apart from scripture and apart from tradition, is that he was dragged behind a chariot on their way from uh, escaping Jerusalem. You see, in today's scripture, in the book of Jeremiah, they're basically saying, you know, here he is, this guy, this prophet. He's been calling us out. He's been telling us what's right from wrong. He's uh, been quite a pain. Uh, they at one point put him in a cistern, uh, basically a large well, and uh, left him down there without any food or clean water and, and, and uh, intended to, to kill him until they decided, well, we probably shouldn't kill him, so let's bring him back out. And then on and on it went, and he went back to doing what he was doing. And finally they were like, well, you know, we don't really have any use for him, so we might as well stop listening to him. And eventually, when it came to be the time, well, what he was saying is we need to, to do uh, what God says so that we can stay in the city of Jerusalem. He didn't want to leave. He was uh, intent on staying in the city. And um, they wanted to flee. A lot of the rulers of, of the southern kingdom wanted to flee to Egypt, and they decided, you know, we can't leave this guy here who's been telling us to stay this entire time. It'll make us look bad. So they said, you've got to come with us. Of course, he didn't want to come, and so they strapped him to the back of a chariot and drug him on the way to Egypt. Uh, not the greatest death one could uh, imagine, certainly. And I think today, or not today, this month being Black History Month, we recall that this kind of brutal treatment of someone whom uh, we uh, fear their words or we don't look at them with, uh, with compassion, but rather with, with hatred. And I say we because you know, all of us in one way or another, but many uh, African-Americans, many black men and women throughout uh, the centuries have died in the same way uh, up to not that long ago. And so it happens still, uh, being killed in a barbaric way for standing up for the truth, for being a witness against a world that has its own ideas about what is right and wrong and doesn't take too well to people calling it out on it. Speaking the truth often makes people uncomfortable and people react negatively to that very often. It has been said before in, in many ways. I've even said it to a young priest as he was moving into his assignment. It was said to me, you knew what you were getting into. And in some ways it was true. We'd been trained for quite some time to do what we need to do to live the life that we are called to live. But still, partly by God's grace, I believe, we don't quite see that. We desire to live for the glory of God and to say that it will be difficult, but we'll make it through. We'll make it through somehow. And there are difficult days. Difficult days that if you uh, know from the start, you may not want to begin. Jeremiah, on that first occasion of hearing the call of God uh, to be a prophetic witness 
for his, uh, for his people, may not have had the courage to do so if he knew right away that it would lead to such a terrible death. And we, as, as uh, disciples, each and every one of us in our own way, if we know the difficulty we may encounter as being disciples for Christ, uh, we may choose to say no at the very outset. And so God kind of gives us uh, a partial understanding of the cup that we are to drink, the difficulty that we are to experience, and yet we don't know fully what that means. In some ways, I think uh, James and John were looking to, to glorify God, uh, to stand at his right and left in glory, not necessarily for their own uh, glorification, but to be there with their master, uh, to say we stand beside him for all eternity. And to glorify God in that way is, is not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, others looked at him, the other disciples looked at them and said, you know, you're trying to be better than we are. And there's probably some of that as well. And many will look at us and say, if you're trying to live your life as a Christian disciple, they'll look at you and say, well, you just think you're better than everyone. Or aren't you a hypocrite, really, uh, in all, when it all is said and done? And it's fine. You know, there are days when it seems like it would be easier not to follow Jesus not to be God's witness in the world. And that's true. And we have the sacrament of reconciliation for those times when we fail to be that witness. But we are called time and again to be a courageous voice, just like those average uh, African-Americans who stood for the truth and someone decided to point them out and say, we can't abide by this. You're making us too uncomfortable. It may be that case uh, for you in a way. But Christ is there with us because Christ has suffered before. The chalice that he hands his disciples, the chalice that he hands each of us. He has drank. It is full of his own blood. He knows your pain and your suffering and desires to give you the courage to be that witness for him in the world. It's not an easy life. We know in a way what we're getting into. But as you spend these next couple days together, growing in your a desire to be a witness to the love of God, I know that you are being given the strength to do so in ways that you probably can't even imagine at this time, but ways you'll be thankful for in the years and decades to come.